In 1955, a 17-year-old left his home in Colorado to join the United States Navy. That young man was my father, and these are the letters he wrote home. I'm Elaine, Ken's daughter, and this is Dear Folks. Hello, and welcome to Episode 1 of Dear Folks, Letters Home from the Navy. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about the year 1955 when Dad left for the Navy, what was going on in the world that specific month, and a little bit about Dad's upbringing. Then I'll start reading the first of Dad's letters. Let's talk about 1955 first. The American economy was booming. You could buy a new car for $1,900, and a new home cost a little bit under $11,000. Minimum wage was a dollar per hour, gas was 29 cents a gallon, and you were going to buy a lot of it because 1955 vehicles averaged about 14.5 miles per gallon. Rock and roll was just being born as a singer named Elvis Presley signed his first recording contract with RCA and Chuck Berry recorded his first song called Maybelline. Actor James Dean was killed in a car accident and the Mickey Mouse Club debuted on ABC. The first McDonald's opened its doors and Disneyland in California welcomed its first guests. Dr. Jonas Salk started vaccinating children against polio, a vaccine for which he did not charge. And in Montgomery, Alabama, a woman named Rosa Parks was arrested after refusing to give up her bus seat to a white person. The Warsaw Pact was signed in Poland, and the U.S. saw its first involvement in the conflict in Vietnam. The military seized control in Argentina, forcing Juan Perón to flee. And due to a national rail strike... Great Britain declared a state of emergency. America liked Ike, and in 1955, President Dwight D. Eisenhower held the nation's first televised presidential news conference and also was developing plans for the interstate highway system. The world's first nuclear-powered submarine, the USS Nautilus, was put to sea. My father was born and raised in the town of Windsor in Weld County, Colorado, located about 60 miles north of Denver, the state capital. Population in Windsor at the time my dad left for the Navy was probably around 1,500 people. I couldn't get a specific number from the Windsor town clerk. In the early 1900s, a large population of ethnic Germans from Russia settled in this area to support the growing sugar beet farms. And when my dad left, the Great Western Sugar Company was still fueling Windsor's economy. Dad was raised in a two-bedroom house in Windsor with one older sister, Shirley, and two younger brothers, Dick and Larry. I believe Dad probably grew up mostly surrounded by people similar to his own family, white, Lutheran, Germans from Russia. Windsor was a nice, safe, stable place to grow up in the middle of America in the mid-1950s, and that provides the backdrop for my dad's departure at the age of 17. Dad left in May 1955. Top news stories that month included West Germany becoming a sovereign nation and joining NATO, and there was a riot at an Elvis Presley concert in Jacksonville, Florida. The first Taiwan Strait crisis came to an end as shelling ceased and the People's Republic Army of China released four captured American pilots. And now, without further ado, let's hear from Dad. 
Dad's first letter home was sent on hotel stationery from the new Kenmark Hotel at 17th and Welton Streets in Denver, Colorado. The stationery has a Western flair. There's a cowboy with a lasso riding a horse, and there's a steer. And it must have been quite a place because at the bottom of the stationery, it says it is one block from everything important. We should all be so lucky. There's no date on the letter, but it was postmarked May 26th, so I assume that it was written and sent on the 25th. Dear Mom and Dad, I just thought I'd drop a few lines to let you know that we all got to Denver okay. We left Greeley at about 4.05 p.m. and got to Denver at 5.30. We were supposed to eat supper at the Baltimore Cafe, but it was closed and we didn't know where to eat. We went back to the hotel and she told us to go to the Cactus Cafe. We had a chicken fried steak on the government. I tried to call Shirley and couldn't get her, so we went on to a show. We have to take our physicals at 8.30 Thursday morning, and if I flunk, I will be home that night. If I pass, I'll write you a letter from San Diego and give you my address. Excuse the sloppy writing, but Kenny Hill was shaking the bed. Love, Ken. First of all, I love that my dad's first letter home came the day he left from about 60 miles away from home. Also that Kenny Hill makes an appearance because I think we're going to see his name again in future letters. The stationery on this is very interesting. So I'll be scanning this letter in and you can have a look at my dad's cursive and also at the hotel stationery from the new Kenmark Hotel on our website at dearfolks1955.com. May 31st, 1955, Camp Barry, Great Lakes, Illinois. Dear folks, well, I just got back from Chow and thought I'd drop you a few lines. We will probably be over on Bootside by Friday, and I will send you and Shirley my address. As soon as you get it, you can have Dick give it to Lyle. We have two guys that came out with us that are going to prep school. They could go for a period of up to 13 weeks. I will probably be home sometime in August. Yesterday I got pretty homesick because we didn't have anything to do except lay around. We went to the PX today and bought this stationery. You get 48 sheets of paper and 24 envelopes enclosed in a leather folder with a big gold navy emblem on the front. They have watches and ID bracelets and all kinds of stuff. This folder cost us 50 cents. I am not sorry that I'm losing my hair. We will get it cut tomorrow. It isn't even curly anymore because we can't have any hair oil and we have to wear these darn schnoodle caps or watch caps as they call them out here. We had to throw our rapid shave and shaving lotion away because they won't let us keep anything in glass bottles. Did I tell you I'm not in the same company with the rest of the guys from Windsor and glad of it? They got in trouble the first day they were here, and the CPO made them do setups. We get along all right with Barlow, the CPO. The chow here is all right sometimes. We always have enough to eat. I have only had to stand guard duty once and got relieved after 45 minutes. I haven't had to swab the deck once. The smoking lamp is on from 5.30 to chow in the morning, from 11.30 to 12.30 at noon, 
and from Chow to Ravelli, 9.30 at night. We get up at 5.30 in the morning on weekdays, and on holidays and Sundays, we get up at 6.15. We go to bed at 9.30 every night. They have TV and radios and magazines at the recreation hall. They have a show every night. It costs a dime to go to the show, but cigarettes are a quarter a pack. You can play pool or ping pong at the rec hall. Most of the guys in our company are from Florida, North Carolina, or Texas. There are nine guys from Colorado in our barracks, and there are ten of them upstairs. Well, I guess I'd better get on the ball and take a shower so I won't have to take one in the morning. Lots of love, Kenneth. June 7th, 1955, Great Lakes, Illinois. Dear Mom, Dad, and Kids, We got to boot camp day before yesterday, but I haven't had a chance to write. We will go on schedule Monday morning, and then the time will pass faster. My address is Company 353, 121st Battalion, 12th Regiment, USNTC, Great Lakes, Illinois. Give it to Lyle and anybody else that wants to write to me. Call Shirley and tell her what it is. You can give it to the preacher also. We will graduate from boot camp on Saturday, August 6th and leave for home at noon on Monday, August 8th. I will get home sometime on the afternoon or night of the 9th. I hope I can be home on my birthday. I was appointed bosun's mate of the watch in our company and have to fill out a watch list every day. I'm going to play in the band, and therefore I get an extra liberty. The company commander said we should all write and tell you to find out the phone number of the nearest Red Cross station and to call them in case of serious illness or death in the family. They will clear it so I can come home on emergency leave. Did you get my clothes? They were really filthy, but I couldn't help it because I didn't have any different ones to wear. You can just throw those papers in the shirt away because I don't need them anymore. Did Dick start sweeping the pool hall? It rains quite a bit out here. One day it is rainy and cold, and the next day you can hardly stand it because it's so hot. We just got out of church and don't have nothing to do all day except finish washing our clothes. We have a radio in the barracks. It's all right, I guess, as soon as you get onto it. Well, I have to get my clothes washed before chow so I can relax this afternoon. Be sure and write as soon as you can. Love, Kenneth. Well, Dad has made it safely to boot camp, so it seems like a good place to wrap up episode one. I look forward to reading more of Dad's letters in episode two when he'll talk about getting paid, getting shots, and marching with his rifle. This episode was recorded during the 2020 COVID-19 outbreak when people all over the world are staying home to keep themselves and others safe from the virus. Everybody, stay home as much as you're able, be well, and think about writing a letter to someone you care about. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on your favorite podcasting directory. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at DearFolks1955. Images of some of the letters and related items are available on our website at dearfolks1955.com 
And if you have questions or commentary, you can email me at dearfolks1955 at gmail.com. I'm Elaine, Ken's daughter, and I'll be reading more letters next week. Until then, I wish you all smooth seas, and please write soon.